Here's the boys. Tank, hey. uh, t- talk us through your hat, mate. <laughs> I had to start on that. I'm sorry. Even though yeah, I know yeah. the answer, I had to start on it. No, well, me and Jimmy had a private WhatsApp and I said, Jimmy, you look an absolute balance every week with this mad fucking cap back to front to hide your unbelievably far back receding hairline. I said, I'll hey, take the page right, this week. Now, I've been a farm with Frankie this morning, lads. It's cold, so this is actually Sharon's hat. Do you know who you look like? Do you ever remember the, the villain on uh, Sonic the Hedgehog? Who was the guy at the end? Uh, Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> Dr. Dr. Robotnik, and he used to have the big the big glasses on. Well, he's a ski. This is a proper skiing. Yeah, look at that. Just go skiing now. Just get me skis and we go. Get me some snow a hill and I'm skiing. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's a notorious um, hooligan. Uh, piece item of clothing CP company. So you see Tank getting knocked out at the weekend, giving that guy some grief. Oh, did you see that? The Chelsea she's not happy because I've stretched it with my bulb. You know that <laughs> video. The best thing I saw oh. was uh, he, no. Someone told me at the weekend. What did he say? He came in like Steven Seagal, left like Stephen Hawking or something like oh, that. Jesus. <laughs> Listen, I don't mean to be funny, lad. You know, lad. You know, if you get bingoed like that. You'd have to drag me out by my feet with my face dragging on the floor before I get in a wheelchair. Yeah. Like, you've, you've been bingo, <laughs> lad. Leech let me walk out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salvage some dignity. At least get your mates to carry her out. Not like I'm not being funny. He's been knocked out by fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, he's had an absolute stinker there, oh. hasn't he? Like, there's no coming back from that. He's never living that down. No, to be fair. I'm- he must have a bit about him, the kid. Have you seen him on where he's in the hospital bed? Yeah, and he's With filming it again. And he, he's kind of done the right thing. He's like, yeah, here I am. Everything's good. But I suppose <laughs> he has to, but yeah. I, I probably shouldn't tell this story in the podcast, but I'm going to anyway, Jim. Sorry, mate. But the, the day that I have never been more proud of Jimmy Mack, we'd gotten to a little bit of bother, like all lads will get into growing up. And... Uh, <laughs> probably shouldn't tell this story but anyway i was separated from jimmy let's just say it that way and i was looking towards jimmy and fair to say jim you're not you're not a fighter are you mate i've never been a fighter mate look at the size of me my arms are like fucking spaghetti yeah so it you know he's not got the frame for it really and he's just jimmy's just a lover not a fighter built anyway speed, i am Built for what? Speed. speed. Yeah. Built it. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair when looking back on Jimmy at this particular moment in time, and he was faced with a bit of an awkward situation where it was like he had the choice of putting his speed to good use and going the opposite direction or putting his guns to good use or the, the limited lack of guns in, in Jimmy's yeah. case. And to be fair, he chose the second option and he had a, he had a go, didn't you, Jim? It was like, go, 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 gadget well, arm came out. Ran about 80 metres for you, lad. I was knackered by the time I got there. That's why the punch was so bad because I ran... <laughs> <laughs> I had to run so far. But you know, when your mates cut, you know, when uh when when it's time to stand up and be counted, Jimbo was there, mate. So I, I appreciated that I'll one. Give it a go. You give it a go, lad. Uh Tank, how was your weekend? How'd Jack get on? Was he playing? Yeah, they played um they played Peterborough. And do you know what, lads? I, I don't really want to have a pop, but do you know the setup? You know, sometimes when you just think sometimes yeah, I've, I've got to be careful to say it. Yeah, they got beat 2-1 by It's not Peter like Dibble. you, mate. But let's just say the the Bailey tried this bizarre, bizarre press. And I'm stood next to one of the dads and saying, I have no idea what why they're trying this press. Because it was like, you're just killing the kids. So what they've done is, Peter, Peter Brill had some good players, by the way. I will say that. They had a very, very good left-back and they had a centre-half. Come a bit like, closer to the mic there, Tank, will you? Sorry, mate. He had the centre half and he was he was he was really good. he was a good player, big lad, but so calm on the ball. But being, you know, when you're watching the game and I was getting frustrated, they got beat 2-1, and it was kind of like you just you deserve everything because you've tried to be clever in this press, what's not working. So Burnley at the number Burnley centre forward was on the for some reason was on the uh, deep line centre midfield player for um Peterborough. Mm. And then Bainley's two wide, they play like 4 3 3. Bainley's two wide players was kind of semi pressing the two centre backs of Peterborough. Mm. So all the keeper was doing was getting it to the centre back, who just clip it to the full back. And then Bainley's was, was the, the midfield, Jack was the holding midfielder. So the two midfielders then would have to go and close the full back down. 
And that and the fullback to him was just playing that into the centre mid player, who was then like basically three v one against Jack. And, and they didn't adjust. Thinking, Why didn't they adjust? It's not working. They yeah. got, and Peterborough got out every single time. And you're kind of thinking, everybody can see. All you've got to do is just to go, I'll tell you what, the number nine of Burnley, you go and you go and stand on the really good, because Peterborough's right side, the centre-back, was a good player, by the way. Stand on him, force it to the left centre-back. Your two Burnley wide wingers go and stand on the full-backs and man v man in, in the, the midfield. Middle. Job done. Yeah. You'll have to go long. And then every single time, pop, 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 out, in they go, attack, attack, attack. And it's kind of, you know, when you're sat there, you kind of try not to get involved because you don't want to be a dickhead because, you know, you don't want people to think he's played the game, he's got his A licence, but it was just so obvious that if you just made that twig. But then Peterborough's press was exactly what Burnley should have done and they just swamped us. Really? And, you and kind of how, like, did you how did you find that... Uh, uh, that process where you can clearly spot something that's going on and you know you're, you're like myself an emotional guy you know if you've got something to say you'll you'll say it did you manage to keep a lid on it no i text the coach <laughs> <laughs> did you, I, text yeah. the I text the head of academy coach and was like listen and he's like and i, I to be fair jack come <laughs> off and just said you know he knew too wide basically because then the two midfielders of Bailey who play alongside jack have been both good little players because they were doing doggies out of the full-backs, they were absolutely fucked, like gone. Yeah. You could see they were physically gone. So when they got the ball and they were passing it to him, they never had the energy to do anything to go forward because they're just doing doggies. There's yeah. nothing worse when you're playing and you know the shape's off. And yeah. there's certain people within the system that are having to carry a lot of the work. And at the same time, like Jack there, he's doing a doggy, but then he's also being exposed by the spacing behind him. So it's it's like I'm running for the sake of running and I'm actually yeah. leaving the space that I should be in. And oh, it's it's so frustrating. It's honestly, and like I know that if that's the way they want to do it, they want to set it up. But when you see it going so drastically wrong, you have to adapt for me and you have to say, listen. Go back to basics, and you know, some do you know what? I'm, I'm not aiming this at anyone of Bailey. I, I've been like a lot through my career in coaching and playing. You this know is the point where he goes, I'm not aiming at this at anyone, but oh. the coach is a prick. <laughs> no, but you know, sometimes when you just think, keep simple, stupid. Mickey Adams, my manager, is famous saying, keep simple, oh, stupid. Not, Don't try and reinvent the book. It's like if this is how you're going to press, you have to press so you can actually win the ball back. Not press to say we're going to do this unbelievable thing, but can we fuck get the ball back? How did no. the text? It simple, stupid. There's an it in there. Keep simple, stupid. <laughs> Keep simple. No, no. Stupid. There's no way. There's no way. That's what Mickey said. Keep it simple, stupid. I yeah, think but he just word. keep well, simple, stupid. And when you think about it, it's right. You sound <laughs> simple and stupid saying it like that. No, because it's, it's you're not you're not used to fucking proper dressing room banter, mate. You used to have all the banter against you. <laughs> not me, lad. I was. I'm, I'm top quality. Um. How did the text go down? How was it responded to, Tank? Oh, fuck off. Yeah, we're going to have a look at it this morning. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Tank's one of them dads, isn't he? We'll come back to that because it's a topic I want to. I definitely want to bring up. Jimbo, how did uh, how did you get on? You were uh, a taxi all weekend, were you, for Archie? Taxi, well, on, yeah, I had, I had the youngest all day Saturday, which was actually decent, mate. I, I how did you get on? Because you and Ra Ralph have a... We, we have a love-hate relationship, but I think he's turned a corner, you know. I think, you know, when they get past that age, like yeah. three, and they're actually sound. As hard as you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was it was actually decent. We played we played basketball all day. We played bottle flip. We went on a bike ride. We went to feed the ducks. We went to the play bar. We had a great day. Good Got dad, you. Takeaway. We had a We had a quality day. And then Sunday, we um, Archie played at West Brom. And their training ground is awful for a Premier League team, Mate, you know. It's bad, isn't it? It's really bad. Like, the pitches are quality, to, to be fair. But you would expect that anyway if you're playing on grass pitches. But they've got no indoor facility, no AstroTurf. The, it's massive and you've got to walk miles away. It was, oh, it wasn't, you know, we've been to some training grounds, like Liverpool's, for instance, top quality. You go there, it was, it was really underwhelming. How did he get on? Yeah, they won, mate. Really, yeah, they won. Tell you what, they had a striker, absolute tank. Just at eight years old, probably nine, just used his body so well, like um, you know, like a like a big big Emil Esky. Just used his body against some young lads. Couldn't get anywhere near him, and he had an absolute 
wallop of a shot on them. But we we battered them to be fair, played some good football. But I'm with Tank Lag. So we've got an issue. We You've don't not been kicking off as well, have you, Jim? No, well, I I've gone the opposite to be fair. I used to kick off loads, uh, Archie in particular, which we'll talk around later. But um we got there, we had to get there at quarter past ten and kickoff was at eleven. So the kids we couldn't go in till quarter two. Kids went down around twenty past twenty-five past now. They got to walk miles away, so let's just say that was ten minutes to get there at twenty-five to, right? We get down there ten to five to kids are just booting balls, like not not no in goals or having shots, they're just booting balls. So they're not doing a proper warm-up. They're struggling. And then the first quarter, they always play. They always play awful. Awful. And then Archie was luckily enough to stay on after the first quarter. The second quarter, and he played mint-like. He was quality, scored two great goals. And that's what... Because he's had that quarter to warm up. Mm. So I'm getting frustrated going, why are you not doing a warm-up? And then Archie gets taken off. And they had a whiteboard to talk around tactics and stuff. And three kids were just sat on the floor, lying down on the floor, cold grass. It wasn't cold, luckily. Messing around on this whiteboard. Now, as a coach, with maybe five minutes to go to quarter, you go, right, go get a touch of the ball, go get warm, you know, get, you know, you're coming back on after this quarter. Nothing. So we start again. By the time the third quarter Archie's on, he's awful again because he's gone hot and cold because he's not getting told to warm up properly. So... Stuff like that that frustrates me, but I don't say anything, but I should do really because it's basics, that, isn't it? Well, while we're, we may as well do it while we're on it quickly because we had something similar with um, with the team that, that I help coach in that we'd start games slow. And one of the biggest things that, that we changed was the dynamic sprints and stuff like that before the start of the game and it'd get them super pumped and, and ready. But I, I said to you guys before we started this podcast, I'm having something at the moment and I'll ask both your opinions because obviously Tank, you coached Jack when uh, when he was a kid. Um, he's obviously gone on uh, to, to start to have some great success now. Burnley, Jimmy, um, you've obviously coached Archie. Archie's doing well. I'm having a thing at the moment with my son where I obviously coach him. I've coached him um, since the age of, of five. But he's got this thing where he constantly looks over to me for approval and to see my reactions. And he's a cracking little player, don't get me wrong. Proper little firecracker, quick. We'll uh, maybe talk about that in a sec. But hes I can see that he's visually looking to my face for a reaction. And... Yesterday, we'd conceded a couple of goals. towards it. Great win for the lads. They won 7-3, whatever. And uh, a couple of the goals went in. And I was kind of reacted to the goals going in. Nothing to do with him. But he thought, he was looking at my reaction. And when the game was finished, my part was wrong here. I was still thinking about those two goals. And I probably should have just forgot about them. I was delighted with how the lads had played. I was really happy or whatever. But he'd got it into his head that my reaction was related to him. And he, he wasn't happy, right? So I suppose my question, I'll come to you maybe first, Tank, is how can I cut those apron strings and any tips on being dad and coach? Because sometimes I look at it, I'm like, am I helping him here? I know he likes me being his coach, but at the same time, I also like being dad. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 a tough one, mate, because no matter no matter if he stood on the coach's side or the parent's side, he's going to look over for approval. Like, like I'm yeah. sure, you know, man and Jimmy's lads is exactly the same. The, you know, it's different now, Jack's older, you know, he, he understands a lot more. He's 17 now. So, but at that age, mate, it's kind of like you've kind of, when, you, when you're coaching them, you kind of just got to treat them as just a, a kid playing football. Like, you know, but as I, I've had that with Jack, you know, you, you kind of like, you just have to sit down and just tell him. If I'm if I'm shouting on the pitch because we've conceded the goal, it's not directed to you. It's directed like, come on, boys. But, Look, they're at that age, you just let them fucking. It's a tough one, mate, and it's hard to to pull away from dad and coach. But maybe sit down and just say to them, if I'm shouting on the pitch, it's not aimed directly at you all the time because I'm your dad. I'm also the coach of the other kids as well. Yeah, we we had that chat in the car, and you know what it's you know what it's like. It's trying to find the right words or whatever. And he's an emotional little guy anyway, just like his old dad, his old man. So I kind of I know why he kind of builds these things up. Um, but yeah, it's just. It's a, it's a tough one. What did you find, Jim? So I was I was horrendous as Archie's coach because I wasn't full coach. I wasn't coaching everyone. I was I was the assistant to the coach. So 
basically I took it upon my role to to motivate Arch because in our team Archie was a standout player. As you can you know he's the only one who's gone on to an academy, um, and I was awful to him, like really bad. And it's only since doing this podcast with Tank that I've sort of calmed down. I do slip up every now and again. He changed my opinion on something when he spoke about the video. Was it the video stuff and the type of information? More around the stuff of just be there, you know, don't, you know, they know when they've done well and they know when they've done bad and just, you know, just be there for them and help them when, when you can or when they ask for it. So I've done a lot of that. Now, Archie now does exactly what Josh does. Every time anything happens, he looks at me because he thinks I'm going to get mad. Now, it's going to take time. But what I've started to do, regardless, and it's different because I'm not coach anymore, but he still looks at me. Whenever he looks at me, regardless if it's amazing or bad, I give him a smile and two thumbs up. That's all yeah, I do. Positive reinforcements. Not positive reinforcements, because what I want him to do is get bored of seeing that. Because every time he looks at me, he's going to go, I know what dad's going to do. So then he doesn't need to look at me anymore. So that's going to take, it will take time and he's starting to get better at it. So every time he does it, it's just simple. Yeah, well done, mate. Keep going. And that is it. So I don't want him to constantly keep looking at me because he should be concentrating on the game. Like he has a real knack for not looking at the ball. He looks at the ground. He looks everywhere else, but he doesn't look at the ball like kickoffs and stuff because he's getting into his position. So that's what I've started to do. But when I was coach, I I really struggled um, because I knew how good he was, but I I couldn't vocabulate that to him. If mm. vocabulates a word, no, I know what you're going for. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I have I have this mental battle with myself all the time because he's as I said, I just want to make sure that I'm if if I'm helping him the best way that I can. And sometimes as dad, you're caught between what should I say as a dad here. What should I say as a coach? And I just want to try and find the right words. So it's definitely, definitely one we're, we're working on. But just quickly, just to finish, I tell you what, lads, I had a proud dad day moment. Oh, and yeah. you boys were right there with me with the yeah. videos that I was sending. Jesus Christ. He was running in the um, the Dublin Championship 60 metres. I can say with confidence he did not get any of his pace from me. His mum was, uh, <laughs> was a sprinter for Ireland. So it's definitely the, the Kenyan genes in him. But... Uh, Oh, lads, it was so good. Like, there was three races, and the lad he was running against in the first race was the All-Ireland champion, and they've ran against each other before. Josh beat him once, and Josh has lost a couple against him. And uh, they were drawn together in the first heat, and it was the last race, and I was kind of looking at it thinking, oh, I wonder if his confidence is going to take a hit if he doesn't win this one or whatever. And all the other heats had been plus nine seconds, and Josh ran his first heat, beat the All-Ireland champion and did it in 8.9 seconds, so it was the quickest of the day. Then went on to the semi-final, won the semi-final, 8.8 seconds, so went quicker again, and then got in the final against, again, the same lad was back in the final. And I swear to God, like, you've seen the video, it was like something it was like something out of a movie. Like, there was about five steps between him and the rest of them, and he got 8.73, I think, was his time. Um and me and Noreen, like, you know, you're meant to be composed as parents. Yeah, we were like, come on, Josh. Yeah. They're like all these like posh people looking up going like, who are these absolute psychopaths in the back? It was just, honestly, lads, one of the best days. Absolutely knackered though. Absolutely knackered. Officially the fastest kid in Ireland as well. But, so, yeah, I said to you, I was like, if he beats the All-Ireland champion, does that make him the quickest kid? And, and Tank is like, yep. So I'm like, right, I'll well, take it does, that. If you beat uh, Usain Bolt, you're the fastest man in the world. Yeah, I, I will go with that. Uh, lads, football, right? Um, so, a couple of things that we've, we've got on our list, but we can only really start in one place. Jimbo, get your get your stats out, lad. It's How up did, and it's uh, ready, guys. Is it good you. or bad news? Because I've, uh, I've had such bad, a busy weekend. For you, good news. I don't know. You're fucking pulling someone out of the bag. Have I done well? Week? Yeah. Not, not correct, though. Done, I mean, you've done all right. You're just ticking along very nicely. Tank, tank, tank. Oh, Alan, man. Alan, Alan. Oh, is this why he's got his hat on? Because he's already oh, shaved his hair off. so bad. He's just so bad. <laughs> and you know what? Some of mine were really close with last-minute goals, like Brighton yeah, and well, that. Yeah, well, to be fair, if... if v v scored, VAR has killed me because Brighton scored a goal, which should have been 2-1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come back and that knobhead at Southampton, 1-0 up, with 10 against 10 men, he deserves sacking him. 
He's gone, mate. So they heard it. They, that's it. Now he's gone. So, yeah. Well, I had 2 0 as well. So Southampton scoring's killed me. So for the totals for the weekend, I got three points with the game to go tonight. Tank got Who's on three, Jimmy? Point. You froze then. Sorry. <laughs> one point for you, mate. How many Alan, did you get? Three. Oh, oh, the gap is he's closing. He's the big and he's still nine points Wait, behind me. No, no, no. And then. Homer, you got five again, just steady away. So the totals overall with the game tonight is Homer on 16, Tank yep. nine, me five. So I'm four points behind. But if Liverpool win tonight, that goes down to three points, Tank. <laughs> so just let me get this corrected. Right. You're still behind me. Yeah, but if I get the correct score no tonight. for being five points behind me, mate. Four. Four. <laughs> Lads. You're I like am absolutely I'm... firing away here. Now you are on fire, you know. I wish I was this good with me accumulators. <laughs> I'm very annoying. Uh, okay, so you touched on VAR, Tank. There's only really one place that we can start, and I'll, I'll come to you on this. Um, I mean, what in the hell has gone on across this, this game week in terms of some of the decisions? I mean... I have to say, obviously, there's some some big ones. Um, obviously, Brighton uh, with the nigh the goal from the line being drawn from the wrong defender. Um, Arsenal had a goal ruled out against uh, against for them against something similar. Chelsea handball versus West Ham. I'll caveat this, you know, because we're obviously going to slag off VAR, right? But I have to say one slight positive. I actually have liked Howard Webb's response in that he's fronted up here and he's gone. We've made a big mistake. We're we're on this. We're going to fix it. It's nice and refreshing to see that because it's not always been the case. We've never had explanations properly. Just these faceless people in Stockley Park get to make shocking decisions, and we and we don't get any accountability. So I think fair play to him for that. But let's be honest, dear Tank. Like these are big decisions that can decide titles, can decide you know ultimately be the difference between a few million quid depending on where you come in the league. An apology doesn't quite cut it, does it, for drawing the wrong line from the wrong defender? No, and I think it's the Arsenal one. Not, they, they, didn't even draw a line. I might be wrong here. They never he didn't even do it. Line. Yeah, he, he was looking for something line. else. Yeah, he was so, looking for something else. So, I've got to be honest with you, lads, right? Fair play to him coming out, but just get back in your fucking box and sack all of them who's involved at this now, because enough's enough. If you're so bad, at, we've been speaking about this since it came into play two, three seasons ago now, right? Mm. And it's not... It's getting to a stage now where it's actually getting worse. There's no improvement in this. I mean, how can you honestly come out and say, eh, I forgot to draw the lines, lads, fucking hell. You know, that's not a bit of banter. I had a heavy one last night, man. Not yeah. quite had it. You know, the lines. Yeah. Fucking hell, I was having a wank, having a bit of a whiskey or something, watching the game, and I forgot to draw the line. I mean, this is, as you say, this is livelihoods at stake. This is jobs at stake. Titles, promotions, relegations, everything's at stake with this. And to come out and say that we've not drawn the lines, for me, that is an instant sack. Fuck off, you'll never work on this again. It's got to a stage now where you've got to seriously question whether this needs binning out full-time because it's week in, week out, there's, there's issues. Hold on a I second, mean, what the hell, Jim? You're all right, lad. Fuck it. I don't know what the hell is like a magnifying lads. Stay out, hey, if there's any tip I can give anyone, it's stay hydrated, boys. Jesus, That's you want everyone to out there. So you won't have a shower, but you'll drink you'll drink seventy five liters of water a day. That's why I don't. Yeah, sweat he just that. pisses on himself, and that's him done. He's, <laughs> he's washed. I mean, Bear Grylls can do it, so can I. Don't worry about that. So you but make go, a point there, though, Tank. We like, need we we've something's got to give on this now, boys, because yeah. it's it's getting you know. You look at the title race there. If Arsenal's winning, then you know City going win. There's no difference. There's still five or eight, eight points with the game in hand or something now. But now the gap's there, and it's kind of like they're playing each other. It's becoming a, a huge issue. And for me, and I've been, I've said it from day one, we never had these issues or worries or talks when VAR wasn't involved. It needs fucking right off now for me. Yeah, it's it's certainly at that point. I think Jim, when you're looking at and. Let's look at our own, you know, our own lives. Any, you know, anyone listening in their current day jobs, if you're making an error that could be the root cause of millions of pounds worth of losses for your key stakeholders, which in theory are the clubs, yeah. and they come fifth instead of sixth or eighth instead of tenth, whatever, that is a multi-million pound loss that your decision or error is the is the root cause but 
they continue to make them. So is this, like Tang says, I understand the theory is, yeah, get rid of all of the the, the referees or the assistant referees or those in Stockley Park. Or is there a wider discussion here? Is this enhancing the game? I'll give you a line here, Jim, right? So basically... <laughs> yeah. Good start to the week. There, right? a problem yet. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I'll chop that up. That oh, you said that I was gonna say chop the video up. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say chop a video of that, but that came out completely wrong. Jesus Christ. Uh what I was the the, the line that I was gonna give you was um they talk about human error related to the analysis of the offsides. Forgive me, Jim, but was the point of VAR to not reduce or remove human error? It seems to be getting worse, not better. VAR is... It's... It's... It's awful. It's. It, I don't know. I don't understand how we've moved so far away from the original statement of clear and obvious errors. How have we moved so far away from that? Whereas now we are checking every single little detail. So hoping where... that they find something, hoping that hoping they find, that they find yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, because it, it, you know, the original source of VAR was to be for clear and obvious errors. Man's miles offside. Linesman doesn't flag. Goal. Well, that clear and obvious. You know, an absolute stone wall of a penalty. Doesn't give it clear and obvious. Not little trips, falls, you know, fucking foreskins being offside. It it doesn't, it's not meant for that. It wasn't meant for that. And I feel people are just doing it to create something for someone. So is this a thing to create something for referees that are no longer referees? Because that's what it feels like. Now, an apology for the now. Boys, like, give them yeah, a role. Yeah. An apology now from Howard Webb is I think he's gone, oh, shit, this one's a bad one. So I need to apologise. But it doesn't, it doesn't change anything. These mistakes have been made before, and we keep continuing to make the same mistakes. So at what point do you go, right, I can't say sorry again? No, it's like it's like cheating on, on a girlfriend. You do it once, and you apologise. You keep doing it 95 times, and you keep apologising. You're going to go, well, you're going to keep doing it, aren't you? Because that's... That's the nature of it. So it needs ripping up. It needs reinventing. And it needs something doing with it. Along the lines of TMO in rugby or whatever you want to do with it. Uh, appeals, whatever. I don't care. But fuck this one off because it's shite. Yeah, that's. I think that's the, the key point. And, and like you said, actually, from the very start, Tank, you should have listened to it. Like, let the referees referee the game. If there is something like a serious foul play where some lads left an elbow in and nobody spotted it. Absolutely use VAR to go back, get your, make sure that guy goes off. If there, as Jimmy said, a clear and obvious error. So I'm not talking like these little finer detailed things where they, you know, they're, they're spending ages trying to find something. Let the ref referee the game. If there is something that fundamentally changes the result of the game. Yes, they should spend time doing that. But at the same time, you have to make sure you get them right. Tank, they're not even getting them right, mate. So they're slowing down the game. They're costing people points. There's still human error involved. And it's directly impacting the results of the games. If there was ever an example of something that is not fit for purpose in its current state, it's this. See, the problem that I have with it as well is like, yeah, all of them points what you've just said, but the, the whole top and bottom of particularly this weekend is they're actually not doing the job. Mm -hmm. The VAR the VA people are actually not doing the job. Now, Do you think it's people or technology, outside. Tank? Sorry to talk do you think it's people or technology that's the problem, or both? Well, it's not. It's not the technology, Jamie. Is it? If 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 the man in the in the the fucking wherever he is in front of the computer is not drawing the lines to check what's offside. I mean, that for me, that's that's like, that's just an instant sackable offence. I mean, it just come on my phone then now. The fella who was there in the VAR tonight for Liverpool Everton has been stood down. Changed, Danny. Yeah. performance over the weekend. And he isn't even one of them who done the fucking, the big mistake. So they must be looking and going, well, he's shit. My issue, Jamie, we've had this on the podcast for a long time now, is the referees in this country has been very substandard for a long, long time. Really poor standard of refereeing. There's only one or two who stand out. 
Now, the problem is, is they've all retired, but they're all the ones who's making the decision in the, v, uh, the VAR now. So mm. we've got substandard idiots making decisions, what they used to get wrong on the pitch. But I don't understand how you can look at a screen and go, I could tell that Arsenal, uh, Brentford's goal was offside just by saying it, that's offside, that. Mm. Sat in my house. So I don't really... Listen, I'm not even... I think it needs to go. I think it needs to go. We need to go back to the referees and human error. Jim, I want to come to you because next topic that we've got on the list is... Well, it actually came in. There's a question from uh, from one of the listeners. And basically, uh, Kudze, uh, I think I've said that right, um, wants to talk about Pep's outburst on Stevie <laughs> G, right? Um, I have my Liverpool hat on. You're always the voice of reason for me and Tank. Before you come to me and Tank, who's probably going to call him... Uh, call for the men in white jackets to come and pick <laughs> pick Pep up. What did you make of it? Because it is a bit, it was a bit odd, Jim, no? It was odd. And I think, I get what he's trying to do. So what he's trying to say is, uh, Man City are being called cheats, which is fine, right? That's, that's, and they've bought the Premier League or they've won the Premier League because of these rules that they've broken. But what, what, he's trying to say is the only reason City won the league that year is because Steven Gerrard slipped, right? Steven Gerrard doesn't slip, Liverpool go on to win the league. So that's what he's trying to say is, you know, that's our fault because we won the league that year, so it's our fault. So he's trying, he's being very facetious in what he's saying. He's going, you know, we're being blamed for winning all these leagues and the nefarious ways we've done it. So, you know, we weren't going to win the league that year because Steven Gerrard slipped. So we did that. That's us. Uh, it's our fault. So that's what he's doing. It's not It's not a great way of doing it. But I understand what he's saying. That's he's trying to be he's trying to be clever in his in his own in his own right. So but yeah, from his point of view, it seems to be like he is. He's standing by a decision and there's and then there's going on that's going on the offensive that he doesn't need to say that. Mm. It doesn't need you can you can defend all you want, but you do not need to go on the offensive here. And that's what it seemingly looks like he's doing with that with that talk, saying, you know, you're telling us we're doing all this. Well, you know, they don't, that's that's pointless to me. And it and it's probably done more worse. But what it also has done is probably taken away from the fact that they're under investigation. So it's whether he's done it knowing that or he's done it just to be facetious and get a reaction. He's probably got what he wanted out of it. Where are you on this one, Tank? I think he's I think he's he's lost the plot. I'm being honest with you. <laughs> I think he's lost the plot. The way he's come out and said all oh, Premier and he's named Daniel Levy and all of that, like it's it's mad. There's not a single club. The, the, the fact that this matter is, Jamie's not one club has gone to anyone and said this, this, this. This is the Premier League. This is the Premier League who has investigated the emails, what UEFA got back in the day, and UEFA couldn't do nothing about it because they went to the courts of arbitration, whatever. And the Premier League's done a four-and-a-half-year investigation. Liverpool haven't. Everton haven't. Man U haven't. Tottenham haven't. This is the Premier League and their lawyers. The bank to rights. Everyone knows the bank to rights. They've been doing it. They got away with it, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, you got away with it, but it's going to come back and bite you. But the way he's attacking like clubs and Daniel Levy and the Gerard one, I, I honestly think he's shown major, major signs of cracking under the pressure. Pep, at the minute, I genuinely it's, do. It's weird. I, I have always felt like I have to caveat this by saying I think he's a genius. All the stuff that people say yeah, about yeah. Pep, I think he's a fantastic coach. Revolutionised the game in in certain uh, certain periods uh, with certain teams. Couldn't respect him anymore from from that side of the game. I I find him awkward to watch. I've always found him a little bit awkward to watch. He seems like a type of fella that just doesn't enjoy the characteristics and the qualities he's been given it neatly like you know when you're a doctor and you know too much information and you could if you get a headache you could basically like self-diagnose yourself with 20 things wrong with it it's neatly like he's got too much information in his brain and he doesn't know how to compute it or handle certain situations and for me my response to that was i found it odd i found it uncomfortable i found it needless and it seems to me like he's choosing to go down a route, route of kind of, dare I say, conspiracy. It's, there's like a conspiracy to get Manchester City. 
And I don't think there is a conspiracy to get Manchester City. I think the investigation... Go on, Jim. I was saying, I don't think there's a conspiracy. I think... But if, I think he's making it seem like, I know it's he's like everyone's it against seem us. That. Do you know what I mean? But he, I think as a club, if you've got an opportunity to throw, you know, you know, stick a needle in City in any which way, shape or form, People will I take think it. you're going to do it because mm. of how good they've been over the years. So I don't think got... it's got nothing to do with how good they've been, Jimmy. It's like the problem that I have with City is, listen, as a as a as a team and as players and as a manager, they're amazing. Fucking hell, they're incredible. Yeah. I mean, some of the games you used to sit and watch them it used to be like, it's just fucking, they're so good. It's untrue. That's yeah. never been in doubt. But the Sterlings and the and the Sanes and the Agueros and the movement of the front three, like it was, it was a joy to watch. Yeah, yeah. But what what is in doubt and what makes me la- actually does make me laugh is when when they announced that the globally the the biggest side in sport, you're like you're not. You can't fill your own fucking stadium. You generally that is, that is the one, isn't it? That- and you're like, so you've got more income than. The fucking New York Knicks, the New York Giants, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Liverpool, Man United, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal. And everyone knows you haven't. Because outside of Manchester, nobody really knows who they are. Nobody. You know, if they went to America, they'd probably get about 5,000 in a venue. So that's my issue. And that, that's what's fucked them. That is what's fucked them. As a side, they're a joy to watch. Absolute joy. Do you think there's an element of this, Jim, where Pep is using it as... And I, I think this could be the case. Because I, I still have City as my favourites to win the league, right? I, I just I feel... And, and this was a, a question that come in from, from Fred Flunk, who said, um, are Arsenal about to implode? And it's all kind of linked. Because I, I think Pep is going to use this to his advantage to put a rocket up the players. Everybody's against us. Let's go out and let's go out and win. We've got a massive game around the corner now this week on uh, Wednesday. Hope I've got the date right because I got yeah, loads of abuse Wednesday. the other day on TikTok because I didn't know the day of the game. So I think it's Wednesday. Shit host. Shit host. Uh, didn't do the research. But that's it. Look, that's a, that's a massive game. Uh, massive. No, no two ways about it. Do you think that Pep is using this to fire up his players? It's us against the world. And how big a game? Like, what are you, you know, people talk about, you know, the six-pointer. This is as big as they come, isn't it? I hope he is, yeah, because he should well be, regardless of whether they're guilty or not. That's uh, the manager's prerogative and use every ammunition you've got. So he certainly well should be. And I've said this for the last, I think since we restarted after Christmas, whoever wins this game wins the league. And I'll see. Because of momentum, obviously, because it's not because the of momentum, because yeah, yeah. it's a kicking the balls for both. Like if City lose this, that's uh, you know, they will always had this game in their mind going, regardless of where we are. If we beat them and get three points back on them, we're right back in this. Whereas Arsenal, if they get the three points, we'll be right, right, we're you know, they're dead and buried, they've got all this on them. This is this is City's best opportunity to put an absolute dampener on Arsenal season. So whoever wins this game, I guarantee, maybe I shouldn't say that, will win the league. <laughs> Where are you I've on this one? For, I've, said it, I've said it for the last few weeks when, when Arsenal were eight, nine points ahead. I said, I still think whoever wins this game will win the league. What about you, Tank? I think Arsenal beat them. On, you've been, now, uh, you've been very vocal that Arsenal are going to win the league. You're sticking to that, yeah? I'm absolutely 100%. At the Etihad? It's not at the Etihad. It's Isn't at it? Arsenal. Come on, no, it's Jim. at Arsenal. I thought it was at the Etihad. Is it not? No, I'm just looking at it now. Wednesday, 15th of Feb, Arsenal City. Oh, right. 7.30 kickoff. Don't you know when the games are, Jim, and where the games are at? Come on, Jim. Oh, I don't watch, mate. Professional podcast. Open, I openly admit my downfalls. I'm not trying to fool anyone. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think... I, I think Arsenal beat them. And the reason I think Arsenal beat them is I think I think you can get... I mean, Aston Villa were awful and are awful. And you could have scored four or five goals against City mm-hmm. yesterday. I thought, I thought, you know, you can get at City. I think 
Ars- this is Arsenal's defining moment of the season, and I think they will. They're going to beat them. And you look at the. Remember the Man United game, and Man, you went one nil up against Arsenal. That stadium absolutely erupted, and I mm. think there's a cauldron being built for this game on Wednesday. I think the real Arsenal are turned up. They've not showed up. They've had a bit of a dip. They've not showed up, and on the back of that. I think Man City are really going to target the Champions League, and the Champions League is in six days later than that. And I think they're going to be looking, they've got one eye on that for me personally. Um, this is Pep's last season at Man City. You've heard it here. This is Pep's last season, and he'll want to go out with the Champions League before they get charged. Is that, is that an inside info there, Tank? Exclusive, boot room exclusive. No, it's not. I've just, I've just put my goggles been on. Looking, and he's been looking through the world for his goggles. I've just seen the future. They are. So I think, the, I, I, I think Arsenal beat them. I want to. I want to stay with you, Tank, right? Because we've got about fifteen minutes left. I'm going to try and get. We've got a couple of listener questions to get through, and a couple of them are good ones, right? So, and but I want to come to you on something that I've seen the today. Questions weren't good ones. Uh, no, that's not what I'm saying. Don't you try and get me into trouble with our listeners, Jimbo? Really sounds like stare yeah, in the pot. They were great questions. I'm glad they were asked. Um, I want to stay with you, Tank, because uh, this is a guy that you stepped into the shoes of. Uh, when you joined Nottingham Forest, he had a, a big impact uh, uh, on you personally. You spoke very well on, on in terms of how he tried to help you integrate into the Forest team. This is something that I've seen online before, and I was like, oh, that made me feel a bit uncomfortable. So I wanted to get your opinion on it, right? Saw a video before, Simon Jordan, love him or hate him, I respect him because he gives an opinion, and I just think the world is full of people that are scared to give opinions now. So w- whatever side of the fence you sit on, he, may, he, he invokes a reaction, and I think it's that's good. That's a good place to be. He invoked a reaction on for me before, where I was like, "Oh, you're being a bit of a dick there." And it didn't I didn't like what he was saying, but I respected him for saying it. And basically, he was sat in the talk st- uh, sport studio. Stuart Pierce was was the other guest, and uh, Jim Weiss was staring the pot absolutely because Simon Jordan was very critical of Harry Kane missing a penalty uh, for England in a big game and accused him of bottling it, right? So Jim White took this opportunity with Pierce sat opposite Simon Jordan and said, do you share the same view that Stuart Pierce bottled the penalty in Italian 90 when he, when he put it over? And to be fair to Simon Jordan, he stood his ground and he said, yeah. And I was surprised, A, that he had the balls to do that because Stuart Pearce looked like he wanted to swing a digger and right there and then his face completely changed. But I wanted to get your opinion on this because, look, I'll give you my two pence worth. I will never say that somebody misses, that loses the bottle for missing a penalty. I'd say they lose the bottle for not stepping up for the penalty. I'd call someone a shitbag for that or question them for that. But surely stepping up in the highest stages with the most on the line, a country behind you. I mean, coming to a man, am I right in saying your record from the spot wasn't great as a professional? I feel like we discussed that before. Have I got that completely wrong? What do you no. make of it? Took one. It both posts. Keeper <laughs> saved it. Never took one again in a knockout <laughs> game. In a cup knockout Zero game. percent record from the penalty spot. That's that's some Zero. going. <laughs> that's me. What did you make of it? I don't look. I like Simon Jordan. I think I really like him. I think he's good, and you know he is what I suppose a journalist should be. You know, he he's got an opinion, and it's a bold opinion, and he sticks to it. But I'm with you on this that if you've got a set of bollocks to step up and take a penalty at any level, never mind in knockout tournaments for your country in World Cups and champion uh, European Championships, you have a big set of gonads, in my opinion. Missing the penalty is not bottling it it's just you've missed a penalty you know you've if you have a shot on goal it, it and it goes wide you've not bottled it you've missed the target and that's the same situation so i seen the video and i was actually fucking laughing because i've seen a few of them stupid peers stairs and training when like i've had one of them when it was me first day in training and i never smashed one of me fellow players and i got the stare and was like don't you fucking ever not smash him again. I'm like, he's my teammate. So I thought Pierce was going to fucking rip his throat out. But you've got to give Simon Jordan credit because he's he's backed himself and he's backed it up. And he said, well, yes, he did bottle it. In his little pop accent. <laughs> yes, he did bottle it. But you, that's not bottling. He was Jamaican, yeah. A shit out is what you would be like, oh, it's me. Yeah, well, yeah. That was him. different. Oh, yeah. No, Stuart's yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. What about you, Jim? 
Because you again, mate, you weren't I a big keep... fan. But you, like as a as you were a, a flair player, someone who had a bit of confidence on the pitch. You never liked the old penalties, did you? No, no, I was I was bad at pens. Still am now. Even when playing in you know whatever dog and duck vets league, I wouldn't. People expect you to want to go up and take penalties, and I understand. So I would never say call anyone a bottler for not wanting to take a penalty because it's all intrinsic. You can't force someone to feel something. You know, it's like you know back in the day where people try to force people to be straight when they were gay. You just can't Jesus, do it. Where don't... are we going? Where are we going? I'm just, no, I'm just saying <laughs> when you intrinsically feel <laughs> something, you can't you can't do anything about it. So. Back to the Simon Jordan thing, like fair enough, his his opinion's wrong. I don't agree with his opinion. His opinion's wrong, but at least he's gone. Yeah, I do. Like, yeah, you are. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do about it? Like, at least he's not tried to backtrack out of it, and he's and he stood by what he said. What he said is completely wrong. You don't bottle taking a penalty or bottle missing a penalty. You just miss a penalty. Tank, yeah. you know when you're stepping up in front of when you took missed your penalty. How many people were in the stadium? Probably 30,000 people. What do you like? Because I've always, I think the most I would, I'm trying to think, obviously it's not even comparable. And you do get the old jitters. Like that walk is a long walk from the halfway line. What's it actually like? You know the feeling when you, like, it must be horrible. I remember it's because it's like, it was one of the worst feelings. Like, it's just horrible. But I remember walking up to taking it and, I've changed my mind about six times and I'm thinking yeah. to myself, just put it in the left, I'll whip it in the left-hand side. I mean, listen, I'm not being like, I had a fucking unbelievable left foot. I could put it in the fucking, put it on a sixpence from anywhere. And I'm like, I'll put it in the bottom left. No, I got Did you like going there. across with your left foot across the keeper? No, I'd have just normally whipped it. If, if in okay, training, I'd have just got it left foot and whipped it left side and just fucking wazzed it. And the yeah. keeper wouldn't have got anywhere near it. And I used to do it all the time in training, but then I'm thinking, no, I'll, I'll go across and I'll go into the right-hand side. And this is all I'm walking up to take the fucking penalty. And then I'm like, no, I'll just absolutely smash it straight down the middle. And if he dives, it goes in. And then I do, I've done none of them. I've just done this little pathetic, little <laughs> curly shot, like with the post and then run along and at the other. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. I'd have been laughing at me if I'm watching it. Thinking, What's he done there? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, everything just went wrong. And after that, I was like, we got through. We went through in the cup. And I was like, I will never, ever, ever, ever take a penalty again as long as I've got a hole in the ass. So funny, isn't it? Because you're walking up and you're like, yeah, you oh, know, the old age old rule don't change your mind, yeah. pick a corner, good connection, and you do none it. of those three things. And you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, okay, I want to finish on these questions, right? So, come to you first, Jim. Uh, yep. question from Steve Turk, and Steve wants to know your top five most annoying players or managers. See, I had I did have time for this, but it was rushed, so these might be, might be, um. Yeah, they're a bit rushed. So my first, I've gone for, I've tried to mix managers and players because I didn't want to just do all players, and I've left one out controversially because I'm not sure on the way that our uh, our listeners think. So first, I, I, out, Jim. Eh? Who's the player you've left out? Well, then I'm telling everyone only, but I'll tell you, <laughs> it's, it's Matt Letizia, and it's so not why is that for controversial. His oh, it's it's not it... for his football abilities for the massive bell end he's turned into after finishing playing football. I'll so, be honest, I'm going to make a controversial statement. I reckon Tank agrees with a few things that Matt Letizia says. Oh, yeah, defo. <laughs> Do you, Tank? Pigeons, pigeons have all got batches in. <laughs> They're fucking right, they have. Steve <laughs> Jobs any... is listening to us through. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> didn't see any uh, pigeons during COVID, did you? Listen, I've, I've, got, I've got a video what I'm going to send to you later in the US courts. Have you seen it? No, go on. This so you got him started now. You got him started yeah. now. Listen, in the US court, right? They've got the the uh, the head of whatever compliance or whatever it is in Twitter, who's now not no longer there. She's been sacked, and she says to the judge in court that she was told by the FBI that all COVID vaccine negative stuff had to be deleted and them accounts and like the what the judge is saying. So this professor who's got a Harvard degree in medicine you know more than him. And she said, no. She said, but you deleted all of his posts to say, do not get this vaccine. It's got this, this, this. And the judge actually says, I've got asthma and I've a heart murmur since my second COVID vaccination, but you decided to delete it all. So that's my conspiracy. I'm going to send it to you. Yeah, do you know, was, actually, like, on, on this point, I, so I used, listen to it. Like, <laughs> I used I, to work I, at Twitter when, when she was there. So, like, I, I've i seen that video. 
it's interesting. It's worth a watch. It's it's anyway. Let's uh, look. We've said that we'll never uh, skip or dodge difficult conversations. There's that you should. Social media companies have to be very careful with what they do and don't show. And I, and I definitely think that that is an important case. So it is worth a watch what Tank sends you. But he might then send you something where, like... Yeah, just be yeah. careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. So go on, Jim. Right, so I've gone Harry Redknapp. And I don't know why. He just seems to be doing my head in since, like... It's just the way he talks and, like... Terrific. Terrific, yeah. Player. What a player. Terrific player. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, oh, I don't know about it. It's like... You've had enough he, of Harry Redknapp. I've had enough of him, yeah. And it was like, he did a, he did a half-decent job at Tottenham, but he had Gareth Bale at his world-class best. And, you know, he, ever since then, he's like, oh, did, you know, might have, did, he won the FA Cup with Pompey, didn't he? But, you uh, know, up. Stan Collymore. Oh, I used to like Stan Collymore. Can't be doing. He was actually one of my favourite Liverpool players. Hey, I don't. It's not as a football player. Can't be doing with White Peters. Can't be doing with it. Okay, fair enough. Alleged, alleged. alleged. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty. Uh, I've gone for Nathan Jones. You know, is a new entry. <laughs> I'll be honest. He's an absolutely That guy is on some absolutely. He's been doing your editing for ages, hasn't he? <laughs> he's been having some of your lines. You've been chopping up like <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> he, like, see the one where he's going on about settling down with a Welsh, uh, Welsh, Welsh missus like, and a I wanted to do better like what mate it's good if he misses as well she should be fuming at, <laughs> at home but like you're saying you got looting into a world class team and all this he's all oh my best God. statistical side in Europe oh, Luton Town mate, on, what mate. is this kid on, he'll be dropping so. his championship manager record soon oh, <laughs> he'll be back at Luton next month him or next season yeah, no. yeah that's a good shout Jim so he's gone in just for recent times. Uh, El Hadjoufi was just a massive yeah, he was bell one. He's no, like man. spitting in everything. can't be spitting, yeah. And then I was struggling on the last one for the short one. So I've just gone for Pepe just because he was an horrible bastard one. He like, he'd, he'd, <laughs> like he'd bite you, he'd like pinch your dick, he'd do all sorts of you. And they're just fingers up the bums, that's all. Like just to put you off the so game. It's like a normal he, training session with you, yeah. that Jim. <laughs> yeah, like a Friday night. Um <laughs> What yeah, about you, Tank? So, right, because the question is, because I went there, so it's five, like, players, even if they're not playing now. You can be, you honestly, f- the five most annoying players, managers, co- anything, that anyone sort of, like, God, okay. he used to do my head in. Right. Or so she. The, f- the first one, obviously, it's clear, is, is Gary Megson. He's the biggest strap on <laughs> that ever, ever walked the face <laughs> of this earth. Do, do you know what? I'd love to try and record. We should try and do a bit of content, like the face-off, Gary Megson yeah. versus Tank. Yeah. That... <laughs> do you know what made a rip his head off? But it's got to be <laughs> Gary Megson because he's an ugly ginger. Right. He was That's so bad as a football ginger. player. Hold on, we might um, have ginger listeners here, Tank. Come on. Jimmy's half ginger. Yeah, I'm, I'm ginger, lad. There's other gingers available. Aren't you ginger, Tank? Fuck off. Got ginger beard. Black hair, mate. So is the ginger there? I don't Everyone know. There was a bit there was an old school oh, photo of lift you. Lift that hat up again, Tank. No, it's <laughs> how come you turn your you that way, right? And it goes that way, but it looks oh, that way. Like mind don't blown don't by get him started image. with the mirrored image. I don't do that. <laughs> Mind's blown. We'll yeah, explain look, it later. I'm touching that side. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's done me that. We'll explain it later, mate. I'm touching my right hand goggle, but it's on my left hand. (laughs) You'll have to explain that one. Right, so in anyway. And I'm gonna be honest with you, lads, right? (laughs) And you shall agree with me. This human is the biggest cock I've ever come across in my life. He was a bang average player, he was quick and thick. If but you don't say Jimmy Mack here, I'll be absolutely fuming. His punditry now is possibly the worst I've ever come across in my entire life of Look watching or playing football. He's the biggest prick that's ever come across anything. And it's Gabby Abonlahor. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah good shot. The lad is an absolute bellend. Yeah, I've seen a quote from him where he actually says, I'm in Jürgen Klopp's head. Really? <laughs> you can't even speak. 
Your tongue's that big that you can't no, properly. You're slaying. You're like. No, you're don't go down that there. route. We've, 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 you and him have cr- anyway, crossed. Next one. Yeah, yeah, next next one. one. Oh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Gabby Ogbon Lahore. Yeah. <laughs> Bruno Fernandez. Who? Bruno yeah, Fernandez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defo. Look, I know his numbers are good for Man U, but he, you know, his numbers are good because he's a cheat. And like when he got found out when he had to actually play a, a position, what you're supposed to, but he just irritates me in every shape or form. Like yesterday, like the lads just like brushed his, his facial pubes for Leeds and he's rolling on the floor and he's down and he actually made the game stop and come on. He's an he's absolute bell end. And eye, one bro. who gets to me, like this is this is the fidget spinner. He really oh, gets me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony, he's the biggest fraud in football, I think. Him and they've got. I actually tweeted yesterday the kid who come on that Ganacho was an unbelievable player, by the way. How is like, why would you sign that Anthony when you know you've got him? So th- that's me, lads. I've got four, but I think that I think they're a good four. Then. Yeah, you've done I well. I can I'll give l- you a fifth. I can give you a fifth that you've obviously forgot. Go on. The pigeon lad, Richarlison. I can't believe oh, I was going to say Richarlison. I can't yeah. believe you've not got <laughs> Richarlison. I was waiting for it. You know what? Like he doesn't score goals, or he's not even making blocks now. So no, he's irrelevant, and he's like he doesn't even play football anymore. Yeah, I I had Richarlison on my list. I just everything about him. It just he's he's annoyed me ever since the Everton days. His celebration annoys me. He did a celebration when he scored at Anfield, and the image has stayed with me ever since. It just, it, I remember when he tries to front up Van Dijk, it annoyed me. He's just an annoying gobshite, to be honest. Bruno Fernandez was on my list for exactly the reasons that Tank said. Uh, I have a random one. Br- um, Ruben Diaz. Yeah, it's a good. And you know that. why? The sleeves, what are you for? The <laughs> sleeves. There's, there's absolutely no reason. And look, I was, I'm partial to a tight top, Jim. You know that better than anyone. You know what I mean? But there is absolutely no need. I, I think he has those sleeves tailor made to be so high and tight. Having a go at him when I've seen you wear large boys t-shirts. And you <laughs> and you don't like him because his top's too tight. Yeah, no, but I grew Mate. out of it, Jim. I grew out of it. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. Yeah, I just had to. No, yeah, my top since I'll tell you a quick story, right? When I moved to Ireland, like they just weren't ready for my fashion sense. So I'd come over with these like low cut V neck tops showing me boobs, right? And the lads used to say to me, and I'd have like a scarf on as well at the time, like a little neck scarf. <laughs> so they'd be like, yeah, no, it wasn't good. And they used to say to me, are you cold or hot? Like, what is going... <laughs> why Why have you got a low-cut top and a scarf? So I can relate, and I do realise that it's slightly hypocritical. Fair point, Jim. Um, and then my final two are more on the pundit side of things. So um, I can hear myself echo. Can I can you hear, hear you echo. Uh, Jimmy's mic went off then. No, he's turned it off to see if the echo goes. Turn your, mic, turn your mic off a sec there, Tank. If it works. Oh, no, actually, do not press anything. Do not press turn it off. Rip it out and throw it out the window. That's turn it off. Uh, I'll do my, my two quick, right? Hopefully the, the echo isn't too much. Two pundits. that I used to like Micka Richards. I used to get his shtick. I used to find it quite funny and refreshing. But I've seen him recently where basically a pundit is making a totally valid point and he laughs in the face. That was kind of going on. Yeah. And I'm like, I've, I've had enough. I've had enough of that now. You need to you need to bring more to the table. And then the other yep. is Danny Mills. There is absolutely no reason why he thinks he's as hard as what he is and he can talk with such authority. He is an absolute helmet. And the way that he goes on, he honestly thinks... He's like, I don't know, I'm trying to think who's the hardest person in the world here. Mike Tyson, you know what I mean? He goes on like he's Mike Tyson. He's not, he brings nothing to the table. And he's, he's, just, not. Yeah, he's not. Like, he's not. He's not. He is definitely not Mike Tyson. Uh, so, yeah, Danny and Mills, there's, uh, there's my five. Um, to finish, lads, because we're nearly up on time and the kids are going absolutely bananas in the hey, garden. I was wondering what, are your kids outside? I absolutely you going bananas. There's like you seven of them. looking. Just... How mad, on a scale of one to ten, how mad are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm an 8.8 and it's, I need to stop the podcast because I'm going to go over the your nine here. Is, is getting it after this. You're like, oh, I but told like, you I'm... So do you know what it reminds me of? And I was dead mad two weeks ago. Noreen brought the girls back and she texts me at like... She, so she actually texted me and was like, babe, you don't mind if I bring the girls back, do you? We, you know, we won't be loud. And I was like, no, absolutely not, right? 
it was a Friday night. And she, this was the worrying sign that I should have realised this was a terrible idea. She's like, they'll all be gone by one. It was quarter past one when she texted me. And I was like, oh, fuck it. This is, <laughs> this is, this is not going to end well. Anyway, till they were here till quarter to four, right? And you know the noise that was getting me? It was I have no problem with them coming back and having a session. But they, they kept saying, Alexa, Alexa, turn the volume oh, up. Imagine. Alexa, put on a song. I wouldn't mind, lads. We don't have Alexa. It's Google. So they were shouting <laughs> Alexa for three hours. And I was like, in the end, I had to control the volume and change the songs from upstairs. I was like, oh, my God. So this noise is similar to the Alexa shout the other day. But um, last question, right, for Tank. Uh, we got a question in from Blake, who wanted to know, who is the craziest player you have played against? Yeah, it's a tough one because I've not really played against. I've played more with, like, we had a centre-half for Tramia, Dave Higgins. He was a scouts fella. I don't know whether you remember him. He was actually yeah. a fucking, he was a really good player. Lads, he was the biggest spaceman you'll ever come across, ever, ever in your life. It used to, like, bear in mind, I was a 17-year-old kid just coming to the team. So you'd have, like, me, left-back, you'd have Sean Teal, centre-half, and Dave Higgins, you're the centre-half. And he was he was brilliant, Iggy, but the oddest fella. So you're just, like, I'd be bombing forward or something, I'd be running back, and he'd just shout, Alan, Alan, and they'd be looking at him, and he'd go, what, ding! <laughs> and he'd look at you like that, and you'd be like, what? And you just, like, get on with the game. and like In the game? Mad, just like random noises, and that's like <laughs> that was his thing. What ding? And he'd look at you, and he'd just go, and you carry on. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? What did the opposition like, do? I was brand new to this, and I'm like to tail, and he was just like a fucking spaceman. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so then, like, he'd be going up for the centre half, and like to, to for the header, and he'd just like go, ah, <laughs> screaming, laughing. And he'd, he'd go and be like that, and he'd just go. Bring it down, and then he go whoosh. Look at the lads. <laughs> what the fuck is actually going on here? And it, it had like a massive effect on the opposition players because no one knew what the fuck it was. These noises all laughing, and like they wouldn't even jump for the ball. And the manager's going fucking jump over the head, and they're trying to say he's just made this mad noise. When you're watching it, and it <laughs> don't want to go going, near him. <laughs> laughing at him. And then he honestly go like it was the like. The most surreal thing I've ever come across in my whole football career, like Higgy's noises. And Jeez. he was famous from that. And then you had Andy Johnson, who we played at Forest. He was just fucking... Am I right in what? saying you two are doing a podcast together soon? Yeah, yeah. The live show we're meant to be doing in Nottingham. Yeah. Do you need me? Do you, I need to pat my mic up and bring it? <laughs> come down. It's, in the, it's at the Nottingham, whatever. It's like the fucking... Uh, I don't know what they are, but they have conference or Nottingham, stuff like whatever. Uh, Jimmy, Foster. look at getting the sympathy invite here. It's, it's like, I think like they've, they've put like a thing out for it and like it'll sell out rather quick, to be fair, because like, you know. So Tank the, saying you can't get a ticket, Jim, basically. No, oh, Jimmy, you can come here, oh, stay oh, with me. We're in room together, Jimmy. Oh, jeez. What could possibly go wrong? You, you Tank, you arguably your craziest teammate and Jimmy on a night oh, out. He's, he's, he's the lad who shot me, mate, and thought it was like. And proper shot him with a shotgun when we were out hunting and went through his coat and was like having a go at me saying, Tony Banter, you fucking weirdo. And it was a proper shotgun. Jeez. And my mate's like, That's all shot me. And like, no, proper shot me, mate, Les. <laughs> Honestly, you sure you want to go on that night out, Jim? Jeez, come I think on. I'm busy. I think I'm busy. Now. <laughs> uh, right, lads, we've gone way over the hour, and I'm gonna go and investigate as to what there's a Royal Rumble going on outside the out the, the cabin here, so I need to go and see what's going on. But uh, I enjoyed that, lads. Uh, great start to the week as always, and we will be back Friday. You enjoy the live show on Friday. Oh, I loved it, you know. Yeah, beer in hand. What was not to like? Yeah. Not wrong. People, people seem to enjoy it. So, uh, yeah. shit score predictions. What can go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the plan is for, for those listening, and a couple of people have messaged us saying, "Oh, we didn't know it was happening." The plan is, um, obviously, things might change, but we're going to try and do it Friday night, seven o'clock, when we when we can. Um, people come and jump on. There'll be a link shared on social media. Come and join us on YouTube or Twitter. The shows go out live, and the best part about it is. Long-time listeners of the shows, people that we've come come to know and, and engage with on social media, jump on, 
we recognize the names you can ask us questions we just all have a buzz and a, and a laugh basically i i absolutely loved it so yeah the plan is friday night we'll do the same um so i'll make sure we'll post all the links on social media so you can come and get involved uh so yeah we'll be back with you on friday um hopefully liverpool can get a win tonight in the merseyside derby um Not it would be nice 2-2 he's gone for what did i go with i forgot one nil okay to the reds what did you two go nil to the reds i've gone Okay. Just by FYI, if I get the correct score, I'm one point behind Tank. <laughs> and Tank was the one that wanted us to shave our heads off. So yeah, yeah. He's not so confident now, is he? No, mate. He's, he's already shaved half of it off when he lifted his yeah. hat up. Yeah, I'm happy with that. For right. your Jimmy, just before we, I've got to be honest with you, mate, I've got a funny feeling that Liverpool are going to run right tonight. I have, actually. I've got a and do you know, do you know my reason why? I actually no, no. liked Klopp's co- uh, comments this week. It was it was bullish. He was he's staying around. There's noises that the club are going to back him, and uh, you know, give him the spending that he deserves. And do you know what I think will be the biggest factor? I think there's a bit of a turn in that the fans now have realised. Hold on, we've st- got to stop sulking for our fans. Yeah, we're shit. It's like you know, we need to just get behind them here. And um, I actually was thinking about it. a couple of the new boys. I know not you're not a massive fan of Gakpo to date. Uh, Nunes is, is is obviously a work in progress. It'll probably be the first time that they've seen a proper Anfield atmosphere because I reckon the place will be absolutely bouncing tonight. Yeah. So, Until fingers crossed. The, till we go on they'll down, yeah. Um, but anyway, lads, right. Um, I've got to go and uh, they've yeah. actually stopped making noise now. Can you believe that? Now that I, the, the podcast is over. But um, that was fun. Enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to Friday already. Everybody that's listening, uh, keep doing the splendid work that you're doing in, in helping us push the podcast. Uh, if you wouldn't mind just liking the video on YouTube or if you could actually, I haven't asked for this one for a while, leave a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts because all the, this engagement basically just means that in the charts and in the Discover Now uh, tab, wherever you get your podcasts, the podcast gets shown. So like it, subscribe to it, leave us a review or just tell a mate and that would be very much appreciated. But make sure you keep the comments coming throughout the week because we love uh, we love hearing from you. So with that, enjoy the rest of your week and the three of us will be back with you on Friday on the live podcast with a beer in hand. So enjoy your week, look after yourselves and we'll be back with you on Friday in the Big Room Podcast. All the best. Good luck, good luck. Thank you.